dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going uh you know like pretty good like princess kidnapped by an evil grand vizier are there any good grand viziers or like literally my first note (laughs) It's Jafar is just ubiquitously evil. Like it's just there. There is no good vizier. There's no good Jafar. It's I, just. I hope for because there are probably more Jafars currently living than grand viziers in the world. So I hope it's the title and not the name. Wait, but the interesting thing though is that while while you can obviously change your name at any at any point once you're an adult, I mean vizier. I don't know if there's any like official, you know capacity to which that has to be given right because it's just like an advisor right you know you grand vizier right um mm, so yeah you're right that was a very american centric comment of me yeah well so the, the reason why I'm, I'm driving at that is is we could make two new viziers right now vizier lions <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can feel it happening a, a goatee oh my god, is growing in over my beard <laughs> this is this is beautiful to behold it makes me really sad I, everyone ladies and gentlemen i'm watching this right now He's, he's slowly <laughs> getting a, a hump in his back, and and oh my god, the, the, it's so long and, it, and it's twisted. It just my yeah. beard is usually very straight, but it's corked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what As, do we play? No one should wield that kind of power. Um, <laughs> so we played uh, the quest to murder Jafar, um, yep. which is essentially what this game is. It's it's the original. Well, okay. So we played Prince Persia. Yeah, we played what most of the world would consider the original. But I want to be fair. The original version came out on the Apple, II, And then it was like almost immediately ported to like 50 other computers and, and consoles and things. So we played the MS-DOS version, which I got to imagine had a much farther reach than the Apple II version because there's just more IB, IBM PC clones in the world than there were Apple IIs. Anyway, uh originally 1989 i think technically our version was released in 1990 but again i'm not feeling too precious about that because they're like identical ports they are right they are interchangeable to the point where i would be hard pressed for someone to point out a difference um and here's here's a quick summary of the game uh, prince of persia is a cinematic platformer where you run jump climb and sword fight your way through a dungeon so you can stab an old man and save a young woman if you've never heard the term cinematic platformer uh, and you're like, oh, well, how is that different from like Mario? Know that the word cinematic in this usage means does not handle like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> that is what a cinematic platformer is. It is a platformer that does not at all handle like what you, the listener, probably think a platformer handles like. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's wild, man. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but I just <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know that games like this exist and you actually um had a and i, I put it in my notes but you, you in our in our offline comments you had a comment that was like this this is how the game handles so when we get to gameplay like <laughs> I, I just want to credit you with with i was like that yes this is the analogy we were looking for because it's not it is not mario if you mm-hmm. want to play mario and so it if so okay if you've not <laughs> played this game 
right? And you go to somebody and you say, hey, I'm looking to play a game like Mario. And somebody says, you might want to check out the original Prince of Persia. You punch them in the mouth because yeah. they do not have your best interests in mind. Well, you, you know what it is? Is like in I, I don't know if this is true, but there's a trope in the United States where they usually show like Russian children's cartoons and they're like sad and grainy and they look like old films right and and it's, it's like ha ha because it's you know siberia and everybody's miserable in russia ha ha, ha right but it it's like let put aside the like the culturalism there but it it's like that it's like if you said i like mickey mouse and they were like oh you might like this russian cartoon and it's like these are both cartoons and they both have a cartoon mouse in them. And I'm not even saying one is necessarily better or worse than the other, but it is not genuine to give them both the same categorization. So the cinematic and cinematic platformer is doing a huge amount of heavy lifting in terms of like genre definition. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's kind of like the, uh, um, uh, if, if somebody said, you know, it's a Western or it's a spaghetti Western, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like the, you, you you need that word. You yeah. know, if if you're on the cell phone and somebody ducks out for a second, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a Western. And then <laughs> you, you miss that one word. You, you, you're not talking about the same thing anymore. Yeah. yeah. Real. It's uh, adjectives, man. They matter. Um, do you have a nostalgia experience for this game? Yeah, actually. So for this one, this is one that I definitely played in the school, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> and so. It's, I forgot whether it was in a computer lab or whatever, because like it's it's one of those things where I remember the computer. I remember both playing it a little bit and standing over someone's shoulder and watching it. But all of the it, it, it it's kind of like one of those uh, you know art house movies where if you were to shoot that scene and then you move the person to the computer, they they have a blank face, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Like you look around and it's just like dark all around, you know, and, yeah. and you're, the fog you're, you're... wars in every direction. <laughs> yeah, because that is literally all I remember is just that. But I remember, I mean, and, and the nice thing is that I, I, I remembered that beautiful, you know, running to a stop and, you know, running and jumping. I remembered that. And, and to be, you know, it, it, did it hold up as it did in my memory? Well, we'll find out. But, uh, I remembered all of that so crystal clearly. But yeah, this was a computer lab game. So uh, copy paste there with the uh, one exception being I pretty clearly remember what the computer lab looked like. So my fog of war is like outside the room of the computer lab, not just like outside the three feet of the the computer itself. Um, but I, I never had this at home. I don't remember any friends I had that had this on their home computer. This was a game I played at school full stop. Um, one thing, and, and this happened years ago before we, we considered playing this, um, the creator of this game, cause I, I thought that this game was a soul, uh, work, but it's actually one guy did like all the designing and like most of the programming, but then he had, you know, an artist and, and a musician that did the, the compositions and stuff. Um, he, for some reason published his journals that he was keeping while he was making this game. And they're actually super interesting if you're into game design. Um, so I actually have read that book, but I read it long enough ago that I don't 
really remember that much of it. So hopefully that's not going to like pollute my experience too much, but I do remember the book fondly. And so I actually put a link to the book in the show notes. So if you want to read the book, it is, I mean, they're diary entries. It's very like, it's like reading someone's um, like lab notebook, right? Cause it's like working on this ran into this problem today. Like it's super dry. There's no mm. narrative, but if you're into game design, it is very interesting. And it's a, because they're really short little entries, it's a super consumable read. So my, my two nostalgic experiences are a uh, computer lab in the fog of war. And then 30 years later, uh, read the guy's like personal journal that he published to make money, I guess. And then, and now we've played it. Yeah, exactly. And that, and and then someday, twenty years from now, we'll boot this back up, and this will be our nostalgia experience. <laughs> it'll just be, it'll just be. I remember when all the way down. I mean, eventually. So we have a twenty-year cutoff, right? Yes. So M- minus the accident that was Portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that means in another fifteen years, we can just start doing the episodes all over again, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, what we could do is, um for long running series like this is in 15 years, we could then play like whatever the newest Prince Persia is. Cause I think one came out like in the last couple of years, I believe it was two thrones. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't realize you were such a coyness. <laughs> well, I have studied abroad or two. Uh, okay. Let's chill. Um, if you like, uh, no, God, I can't ask someone if they like what we're doing after those jokes. <laughs> if, if you like if, what we're doing, like, if, like, you, it just lost money. Yeah. If you're hate listening to the podcast still, um, and you want other people to hate listen to it, uh, one of the best things you can do is either uh, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or just you know word of mouth, tell your friends. That's the, the best way to get more listeners to the show. So we always appreciate when folks do that. George and I are both on Twitter. Uh, again, links in the show notes. You can find us. Um, I play most of the games that we record episodes for on Twitch. I actually played the entirety of this game on Twitch up to and including beating it. So all that's left is the clips that uh, a couple of the people in chat clipped out of the episode for me. If you want to kind of go above and beyond all that mess, uh, you can actually support us on the Patreon and give us the monies. Everybody who supports us on Patreon, even at the $1 level gets the after show, which is just more of us doing, I don't know, whatever this is. Uh, but if you go up to some of the crazy levels, then you can get your name shouted out on the show. So with that, we first need to thank our eight bit classics, Kevin holder of the sands of time. John, a fallen king, Jason, keeper of the forgotten sand, and Yarno, winner of battles, and then our 16-bit heroes, Michael, who I hear has a warrior within, and Jacob, the owner of Two Thrones, and our full 3D supporter, David, the original Prince of Persia. (laughs) Nice. Uh, You know... Until I had to go and grab the Wikipedia link for this to put it into the show notes, which I've now said show notes like 140 times in this one episode. Um, I didn't realize how many games were in this series. A lot of games. There's actually just enough because uh, <laughs> when I was going through and, and picking them out, I, I was like, I'm just going to skip this one. It was for the DS. I'll, I'll just pick the next title. And then I ran out of names. I was like, oh, so there's there's seven. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. It, it, and that's all I needed. Uh, but yeah, no, there, there's quite a few. And the unfortunate or fortunate thing is that when you type in prince of persia they're like oh you mean sands of time and it's Mm -hmm. like you'd think that wouldn't you (laughs) but no i am in fact looking for the original prince of persia and they're like oh um i mean yeah that exists too uh are you sure and 
I, 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 I think I feel worse it, it, for like the DS entry, right? Yeah. Pe- people are looking for original Prince of Persia because of their nostalgia goggles. And people are looking for the more recent games because they're more recent games. Nobody's looking for the spin, the reboot spinoff port to the mobile console. <laughs> right. And like, honestly, when I typed in Prince of Persia, it brought up Sands of Time. And then I typed in Prince of Persia original and it brought up all the stuff I was looking for. But my mind, because, you know, the memory's weird, right? My mind actually put in the like Google search thing saying, did you mean Prince of Persia Sands of Time? <laughs> you know, because it just seemed so plausible for Google to be like, are you are you sure this is what you were looking for? This is why every time someone's like, oh, man, Facebook's listening in on everything we do. And did you know that, you know, Google is working on a chip to put in your brain that's going to do brain things? And it's like. No, they don't need to do any of that. You give all of your information to Facebook and Google hypnotized you years ago. (laughs) They don't need to do any sci-fi like post-apocalyptic stuff. Like it's already happened. Yeah, (laughs) that's the big reveal. And and a lot of times it's just kind of like, you know, oh, well, what if they do all this sort of stuff? And it's like, it's it's, you're living it, man. Like you're overthinking it. It's just, it's (laughs) it's done. All you need to do. Ending, it's ended. (laughs) Yeah, it, 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 it from your seat, if you believe that that is the end of the world, it ended a while ago. So anyways, uh, so on that note, uh, visuals. Visuals. Um, dude, I I legit like the graphics in this game. I really yeah, do. They're good. They're they're good. Good. There's. I don't know if they could have possibly known this at the time, but the amount of detail scales up so good, like shockingly good because uh one of the cool things about this game is it is now considered abandonware which means you can basically just download this anywhere on the internet for free hell you can play it on the internet because it's old enough that it will run in an emulator in a web browser so like if if you want to go and play this game it is super accessible but one of the things you run into in uh emulators for old pc hardware is they don't always scale very well and as modern uh, screens have gotten more pixels, what a lot of people don't realize is it's not just that the screens all got larger, it's that the pixels got smaller and they are more densely packed. And so you might worry like, okay, that means that the graphics are going to be like squashed down and then stretched out and that's going to make them look crappy. And sometimes the answer is yes, but here, absolutely not. Like, the bricks all like all little nooks and crannies that he like cracked into there. Uh, the texture that is mapped onto the back wall, like scaled up perfectly. Like everything's a little blocky. That's supposed to be round, but I mean, come on, but like it's, it's, yeah. it's surprising like, how relatively modern these games look. There are a lot of modern indie games that are trying to ape this exact style because it still kind of looks pretty damn good. Oh yeah. No, it looks, it looks fantastic. And, the the one thing that blew my mind is the sheer number of frames of animation they have for the prince. Um, that causes some issues with gameplay, but <laughs> but we'll get to that later. But as far as you know, how does it look? Especially if you're just watching somebody play, right? You know, so you're not getting the the, the game feel of it. It's gorgeous, man. I mean, it 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 does it 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 is not that far off. Um, I would say it, this is this is gonna sound like effusive praise, but for for the game that it was at the time, it, it has a visual feel to it as far as the amount of time, energy, and effort they put into making it look visually gorgeous to like Journey, you know, 
mm. in the sense that yeah the, it's, it, it, it feels like that level of emotional commitment from the creators right and and for the time like that level of politics it's not journey right journey's gorgeous right but if you if you put journey beside a whole lot of games that came out because journey's getting old now right we could play it on this late late 2000s like 2009 ish yeah coming up man yeah. not too long yeah um <laughs> but anyways uh yeah that so so if you put that with other like 2009 games you know you would say this this game is is beautiful right if you put this alongside i mean to to be fair because we're probably gonna make this comparison a lot put these visuals alongside mario you know Super Mario Brothers. It's it's gorgeous, you know. It just it, and the fluidity of of all the animations, not just the prints, but like the fires in the background. They just they're yeah. undulating. They a lot of frames in there. So so many all the frames, so many frames. So th- this is something that I noticed that I thought was just a choice. I don't know if they did this on purpose or if it was just a choice that they made. Um, those frames of animation are not evenly distributed right so when you think about the prince he has a crap load of running and jumping animations uh then kind of second to that is the climbing and sword fighting animations and i think those have fewer frames so they're snappier like so they they look a little Mm. like quicker and like he's he's like hoisting himself quickly like in one big motion or he's swinging in sword like in one big motion um and so it, it makes it look a little faster because it suddenly covers a bunch of ground without a bunch of intermediary frames um I, <laughs> when you die i didn't check this but i swear to god there are zero frames of animation you are dead instantly on the ground in a dead. bloody puddle <laughs> i just it it's it's not that it's that unusual for a video game to snap from one pose to another. Like that is just how animation works. It's a series of stills, but if you're sword fighting and you get stabbed to death, or if you're like trying to jump through the, the chompy trap or you, you Mm -hmm. fall onto the spikes, you instantly snap from whatever, like super expressive posture you were in to bloody pile on the ground. And I, yeah, if there's more than two frames of animation between those things, I would be shocked. I'm willing to bet it is literally zero. I I, I don't think that it's quite zero. Um, and and again, I'm going I'm going off of my memory here. Uh, but I, I think that you're right. It's probably less than two or two or less because the thing is that when you've got everything else that has ten frames of animation, and then all of a sudden you shove something in there that has two, you're like, did that? What what just happened? You know? And yeah. So it and again to 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 give the game the benefit of the doubt um i would say that that's probably an intentional choice because uh you know they 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 want that to be startling it's like you died you know so it it's like oh look at look at all these things that the prince can do look at how beautiful and how fluidly he moves i know you're dead you know (laughs) like death comes for us all um and and the the sword fighting i think is kind of the same way right like it's it's a little like choppier and more tense, right? Because it's it's not quite as fluid as the running, but it's it's very close. But then if you get hit, you instantly take damage and you you pop back because there's like a little bit of knockback, and then you're like right back into the fight, right? It's not a big dramatic like like where you're stumbling back and like clutching at your wound and slowly yeah. falling to the ground, dying, right? Because that would be very cinematic but it would also be agonizing for the player to have to watch this long miserable death animation it's like i get it 
Um, one of the things that I, so I agree with you, I, I do believe that there are less frames of animation for the uh, sword fighting. But one of the ways that I feel that they uh, made the sword fighting look just as fluid is the way that I thought it was elegant, the way that they smear the sword animation. That's cool looking, man. Like yeah. it just that, that, that's hot. It's a hot yeah. way to live. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the sword fighting. So this is actually something I remember from the, the book is all of the stuff the prince does and probably the other humanoids as well, since they're all like the exact same kind of character model is uh, I think it was his brother. He actually filmed his brother and that's then I was gonna ask. like yep. traced over it. So it's it's not just like, oh, this, this person was very artistic. It's that they were working from live footage so that these movements may be all wrong. Like maybe this is the worst sword fighting ever committed to film, but this is how at least one real person <laughs> really moved, you know? So like him climbing, him jumping, like all of that stuff is modeled on a, a real human being, which is not a new idea. Like they've been doing that kind of thing with animation forever, but it's not something that I think you like Mario is not modeled on a real human being, right? The, the, uh, no, yeah, (laughs) right. The, uh, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog is not modeled on a real human being. So like you get a certain, some of the fan art I've seen. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) never go to that part of the internet or talk about it. Um, but you, you get a certain like believability to the animation when you tie it that closely to a, a live model. No, I agree completely. Um, and I, I don't know much about fencing, which is the the type of sword fighting that appears to be being done here. Um, you know, whenever, whenever my my weapon of choice when we were doing kung fu was the broadsword because it just it just cut into people. It's not, yeah, it, it none of, none of this fluty, you know, jumping around. <laughs> I want to swing that thing hard and once, and then either I never swing it again, or the person that was swinging on me doesn't swing theirs again. You know. One and done. One, you're you're committing to one swing. Yeah. One way or the other. One way or the other. That's all I want to deal with. <laughs> um. So uh. So that being said, is I, I'm not as familiar with fencing, but I, I would probably guess that whoever he filmed, his brother or whomever that was doing the fencing an, uh, animation for this, at least had a basic knowledge because it does look very real. And anytime, I honestly think that 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 this is not done enough. With this type of thing, because the only other thing I can think of that I loved it, it like that did something very similar, Avatar, because they did all mm-hmm. the kung fu based off of real kung fu, and it shows. And then they didn't do it with Legend of Korra, and it shows. You know, so like with with things like this, is if you are going to say I am going to make a visually stunning game, and I am going to mimic something that exists in the real world, so not a plumber crunching down on <laughs> the skulls of Goombas and and turtles, right? You know. I'm going to mimic an art form that exists in real life. Get somebody to actually do it. Watch how they do it. Don't guess, you know, like, like uh, what was it? Somebody said one time where they were like, you know, um, how old is this person? 35, 42. Do you think I'm asking for your best guess? You know, like, don't, <laughs> don't guess. Just, just get somebody who knows what they're doing and do it. So no, couldn't agree more. Um, for, so, so beautiful, gorgeous game. Um, it does do a number of uh, things visually I thought that were um, helpful in, in terms of gameplay. Um, but one of the ones that I thought was, was and some things aren't so helpful, but one of the things I thought was helpful is that uh, when you hit the ground, it reveals all of the actionable tiles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or and, if you jump up and punch the ceiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, like, like in, in, end of an <laughs> 80s movie style. You know? 
Um, but uh, yeah, no, I felt that that was uh, very helpful because, you know, a lot of the times when you're entering into an area, um, you, sometimes you're dropping down into it. So it's just nice to kind of be like, okay, this is, this is the puzzle. Now, those tiles could be needed to open the door. They could be false panels. They could be any number of different things. But at least you knew, you, 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 you know what it wasn't? It wasn't, I move five feet forward. I check for traps. I move five feet forward. I check for traps. It was, it, here's where the door is. Just check the door. Yeah. Well, and th- this is, this is something I don't think we've either run into a lot or that we haven't been sophisticated enough to bring up in the past. But again, pixel density is part of what changes as monitors have gotten better, right? Not just that there's more of them, but that they're packed into a tighter space. So what that means is when these graphics were being drawn, they knew what an Apple II looked like, right? Because it had a built-in screen. They knew what the uh, like the range of monitors that most people had looked like for their IBM PC clones. So you knew like, okay, one pixel or two pixels or 10 pixels will look roughly yay large on the screen. And the reason that this came screaming into my consciousness is because when I first started playing it, I was playing it at the original resolution, which is like 320 by 240, or maybe even smaller than that. It's itsy bitsy. Like to put that in perspective, I think an Apple watch has more pixels than that. And that is like a one inch screen, right? So just pixel density, it matters. So, so when you, uh, blow up the resolution to take up a more physical space, but it's the same number of pixels. So now all the pixels are larger. What you can see is that they did actually fairly clearly communicate where pressure plates are. So the, the falling tiles, you have to either trigger them accidentally, or you have to do like a little jump to make them like jiggle. But the, the pressure plates have like a tiny black line mm. that shows that they're raised up, but it's, it is not easy to see on a modern screen unless you blow it way up. Right. But they did that with the intention that you would be able to see, Oh, if, as long as you're paying attention, there is a pressure plate line. The other place that they did that is, um, so all of the screens in this game are single screens. And then the level is built up of many single screens. So when you get to the edge, it, it snaps to the next vignette. Um, you, especially in the later levels really need to look closely at what is along like the borders of the screen, because sometimes you can climb up through what you might think was the ceiling. But if you look, there is clearly a gap. Sometimes you can run off the side over here, but not off the side over there. Right. So like when this was being blown up to like a 12 inch screen and all the pixels were the size of your thumb, those gaps were probably more obvious, but it kind of took me I don't know, maybe 30 to 60 minutes of playing before I was really internalizing like, okay, this is what it looks like if I can climb up. This is what it looks like if I can drop down. This is what it looks like when I can go off the screen to the left or right. And I think I am having a hard time with this, not because there's anything wrong with the visuals, but because they're so small on my screen. (laughs) And then when I made everything bigger, I was like, oh, okay, now I can, now I can kind of see it. Yeah, no, I I never internalized it just to to let you know, like, oh, I, I couldn't. I, I tried, but uh, yeah, it, it was what I, what I could imagine if somebody all of a sudden, you know, just hit, hit <laughs> for me, it felt like somebody hit randomize on the controller settings, you know? So <laughs> I, I just, I was trying desperately to get, you know, trigger to remap in my mind to X 
which is now no longer jump, but man, I, I didn't get the job done. Um, one of the things uh, that one of the other that my my real final note for for visuals is um, the and and this kind of is a control thing, but I stuck it in under visuals, which is the quanta that you move when you move is way bigger than you think. You know, <laughs> so I can I can I ask you something because I had kind yeah, of yeah. a funny realization. Yeah. We've played a lot of games, and and you've probably had this problem also with modern games where it's like the the Mega Man like don't make me hold down the charge like yeah. just let me always be charging and i was like oh he got what he wanted you're always running you are always <laughs> running at full goddamn speed every single press of the left or right key or the you know left or right on a, a joypad is a full sprint acceleration in that direction including like a you know sonic style put your feet out in front of you to like slow to a stop and i was like mm-hmm. yeah this is what that would be like if you had to press a button to walk and the arrow keys just were always full sprint. So, okay. So, so I can, I can counter that. <laughs> um, Cause that, that is, a, that is an apt, as an apt observation, but is that when I, when I, what I guess I'm, I'm poorly saying is the ideal situation should be the default and the non-ideal situation should be, the thing that I have to arrest the momentum of, right? So, right. yeah. So in this situation, you want to be walking, which you f***ing have to hold down a button for. So no, I didn't get what I wanted. What I wanted was the, for the default to be the thing that I want to be doing most of the time. I don't want to be holding a button the entire time I'm playing a game. And this this game managed to say like, oh, well, you like donuts, eh? Well, have all <laughs> of the running in the world. And and so I got that. But it's it's just like like, uh, uh, Alfred said, you know, when I finally got it, I didn't want it, you know? <laughs> so yeah, no, so, so to be fair, what I want is not to always have the more amplified thing happening. <laughs> I always want the ideal thing to be happening. <laughs> but, but my way is funnier. It is. No, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's because uh, when you said, oh, um, yeah, I think it's shift, right? To, uh, I, I actually was playing with a controller, but I, I believe it's shift on the keyboard. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can hit shift to walk. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, because I just, I had been playing for at least an hour before I got, no, I actually I think that back. I've been playing for about two hours before Ugh. I finally, finally got frustrated. Because, you know, I mean, there there are some times where I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll play a game, you know, that we've, we've decided to play. And 15 minutes in, I'll, I'll be just lighting you up, you know, saying this isn't this isn't worth my time or your time or anyone's time. Burn this whole thing to the ground, right? Because, I mean, what, one of the things we've established it, about me it, as a character, right, is that I, I have zero tolerance for spending time on things that I don't enjoy, right? You know, get that bit of my life. Which so, is less of a George, the, the personality on a podcast and more just you, the person. Yeah, it, it is true. The minute, the minute that something stops bringing me joy, it is gone forever. Um, and I, I've stopped reading a 1,000-page novel, 10 pages for the end, because I just lost interest. Uh, I say all that to say that uh, I was really trying, man. I was really trying not to light you up about this one. You know, because I was like, you know what? I just I can't complain about every old video game that we play. <laughs> let, me just, let me just do this. And then it, I just I couldn't. I was like, this is dumb. Um, so yeah so i it, long story short is yes you absolutely i mean that's a control zone at this point now but yeah but yeah you gotta gotta be holding down that walk button man it's important yeah. um I, here's how I'll, I'll tie this individuals for you um 
the walking animation is not the running animation slower. It is, it very clearly communicates. I am now tiptoeing forward. I am take he he's, if you've ever seen like a toddler go up and down a flight of stairs where they like put both feet onto every single step, it's like that. Like he, he puts his weight on his foot, stretches his other foot out and then brings himself to that foot once it is firmly planted, which again is an exceptional level of detail because what they tell you in the instruction manual, I'm positive you didn't read and what they're trying to communicate with that. (laughs) what they're trying to communicate with that animation is you are proceeding cautiously right and they they drive it home i mean yes it's still hard to reconcile with a a modern lens but they drive it home to the point where uh this is how you get through spikes right you can like tiptoe through spikes and also the tiles that fall if you are walking and not sprinting um (laughs) you actually will start to step onto a tile that falls and then like stutter step and stop. And the tile like trembles a little bit. Right. So I, I agree with you that walk should probably be the default and run should require a key press or a key hold. But, um, at least you can do both because this game would literally be impossible without it. Yes. No, I mean, as I can attest to you, because I just be like, all right, I'm from my seat at that point, because I didn't know there was a walk button, right? I was like, I will take one step forward, lunges off the cliff. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wind it back. Let's try again. Let's try again, Prince. All right. So I'm going to take one step, lunge off the oh, God, you know, man, do you even want to save the princess at this point? Or do you just want to continually? At some point, I thought that he was like, you know, the son of Hades and just continually, you know, <laughs> respawning in hell. Uh and and, no, and you, so it goes. You were the son of Hades playing Prince of Persia <laughs> without yeah. knowing that there's a walk button. That's hell. Yeah, actually. So um, uh, this is completely tangential, but I, I, I saw a thing recently that I, I want to share, which is um, uh, you've watched a little bit of The Good Place, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this no spoilers, but uh, uh, that um, well, maybe a little bit. So maybe some spoilers for now a very old show. Um, uh, the idea somebody posted the idea that it's actually. Michael is in the bad place. Right. You know, and it's, yes. it's Pe- people it's, he can never properly punish is his punishment. Correct. Right. And I was like, that's, that's kind of neat. So this was my bad place. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But then you learned how the button worked and we'll get there. Um, but the last thing I have to say about uh, the visuals is um, I, I just want to reemphasize something I said before, which is uh, when you change screens, that happens suddenly. It's not like a mm-hmm. slow transition. Like when you go off the edge of a screen up, down, left or right, you are now instantly looking at the the next screen, um, which in the later levels will be relevant. And some of the things we'll probably talk about in <laughs> controls and mechanics. Oh, and uh, I'm sorry. My actual last note is um, you're supposed to be like in a dungeon and you're like climbing out of the dungeon to get into the palace to go and save the princess from Jafar. And they do a really good job of communicating that with color choice and with how decorated the world is. Cause at first it's like all dark and like blues and grays and blacks and there's torches. And then like, it gets a little bit lighter and it's greens and then it gets a little bit lighter and it's yellows. And then it gets a little bit lighter and it's like beiges. And so as you climb, cause the, the, ver- the levels start to get very vertical as you go through. And like, as you climb out of the dungeon, like there is a sense of like 
lightness where like the backgrounds get lighter, the bricks and everything get lighter. So they, they did a really good job of kind of communicating that like feeling of progress through the color changing and like things looking a little bit nicer as you get out of the dank, you know, lowest, darkest pits of the dungeon. Yeah. You know, and, uh, uh, also some of the guards get better fed, you know, (laughs) they do. (laughs) So, you know, which makes sense. Um, audio. This is going to be the shortest audio section we have maybe ever done. Yeah. 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 There's, there's like nothing. (laughs) There's nothing. Okay. So, I actually have two audio notes. Are, but are is, they meaty? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, one of them is... So there is there is music at the very opening. There, right? There's music in the opening. There's a little death chime thing. Um, and the cutscenes in between levels have a little song. And I, so I will say that the it was interesting because the music in the beginning has this and and you'll you'll be able to articulate this better than i but uh has like a weird kind of twang to it you know um yeah it's got like a it like it vibrates a little it doesn't hold like a single pitch yeah and it sounds like that uh what's what's the name of that instrument andy plays it on the office um banjo (laughs) because he does (laughs) play a banjo (laughs) he does uh no it's the one that he plays uh when they do the um uh, arabian nights theme I mean, that's you know? probably what they're going for. Yeah, but yeah, it was. It sounds does, like that wait, instrument. Does it look like a string instrument? Yeah, a sitar. Thank you. I, yeah. I was. I, I couldn't. I couldn't stop thinking about like a sorry, and I'm like, that's not it. But it's yeah. got that same like. <laughs> that's clothes. Yeah, it's clothes, right? I mean, <laughs> I knew that, you know. But I was like, I was like, it's 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 got like an S sound to it. Yeah, so it sounds like that. And the the thing that 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 drove home for me, and you can confirm this, is that. It is interesting because most of the games that we play that are from this era, it is rare that we've played a whole lot of PC games from this era. And the thing is that they're not dealing necessarily with a limited sound palette like they're dealing with with, you know, a Nintendo. They can if they if they think it's important, they can kind of do any sound so long as I mean, it may sound like garbage on the speakers, but they can kind of do anything. So I thought it was interesting that I don't think I've heard that particular sound in a game from this era because most of the games you've been playing are from uh you know nes you know yeah the the hardware was a lot more powerful but also more variable so mm-hmm. you had to kind of decide like am i going to write a piece of music that will play on most pieces of hardware or am i going to write a piece of music that works really well on the apple II and sucks on these pc clones or, or whatever right so it, it gets complicated um the reason i know this game did not optimize for music is because when you boot it up in right because when you emulate this game it has to emulate the entire old computer and so one of the first things it asks you is are you playing this with a sound blaster compatible card and it's like ah you will hear slightly different probably much richer sound effects if you have a sound blaster card than if you're using maybe nothing or whatever nonsense was on board, right? Because this is like in modern gaming, all the attention is on graphics and how complicated and resource intensive it is. We just take for granted that CD quality audio has been a part of every single video game, or I should say could be a part of every single video game since like the mid nineties. Like once they got to the disc era of games, it was just like, okay, everything can be CD quality audio, which is 
if you don't know, like that is essentially the entire range of human hearing or most of the range of human hearing. So to go from, we can make beeps and boops with our electronic sound card to here's everything a human is basically capable of hearing. Like that's a pretty big quantum leap in only, you know, like five or six years from like 1990 to like 1995. This is firmly in the beeps and boops eras, but it's computer beeps and boops. So they sound really good. Like yeah. the way, way more sounds happening at the same time and like a bigger range of sounds that can happen at the same time, which I think is why it's so frustrating that this game has no music. Like, yeah. every, every level is completely silent, which is very atmospheric and blah, but there's yeah. no music. All the levels are silent. Yeah, it's true that, that there, it was a huge quantum leap between the beeps and boops, the CD quality audio. And they kept hoping that each beeper boop be their last beeper boop home. Be, be the beeper boop to take them home. <laughs> um, the, 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 oh the only boy. other, ah, <laughs> uh, Bacula. That, um, the that, only I other... feel like somehow that the fact that we think that is funny somehow dates us more than the fact that we're <laughs> doing like a podcast about a video game from 1989. Like the the quantum leap joke is older <laughs> somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 like a, and this is another completely tangential story, but you know, we, we, we've got time in the audio section, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, Murder, She Wrote, man. That was one <laughs> that, you know, my parents watched a lot of, right? And so I, by extension, kind of started watching it. And I, I kind of remember it with that old 80s kind of grit on TV. Mm. But here's the thing I remember about that. Do you remember the movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Oh, yeah, it's her. Yeah. Yeah. That was the movie. That, that and Murder, She Wrote was the thing that made me realize that actors are a thing. Because oh, I was, it's the same woman. Yeah. Is, so that, literally, uh, is that Angela Lansbury? Angela Lansbury. Yeah. yeah. Um, so because I remember this crystal clearly, which is I was watching uh, uh, Murder, She Wrote with my mom. And I just turned to my mom and said, why doesn't she use her magic? You know, <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> I was like, she, she could easily solve all of these problems with her magic. Why not use that? And she's like, that's it's not her. I was like, it is her, though. And she's like, OK, it's. It's the same actress. It's a different character, and I just stewed on that for a couple of months until I like my 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 walnut could wrap around it. But anyways, I just wanted to. Well, see, I, you know what's funny about that is you could almost make an argument that it's like, oh, that means Angela Lansbury is not a very good actress because if that had been Gary Oldman, you never would have known it was the same guy. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never ever would have known. It's like, like, <laughs> like, Oh, why doesn't this Gary Oldman character just do what that Gary Oldman character could do? No one has ever said that because no one knows that it's Gary Oldman because no, he's no, a no, magic chameleon man. He is. No one has, has wondered why John Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg did not run the <laughs> Gotham city police department better. It's not, not a thing that people concern themselves with. See, I legit forgot that that was him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like at first I was like, wait, who plays that character? Oh, right. It's obviously Gary Oldman. Cause that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Either that or George just had a stroke. One or the other. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, just, I, okay. One last weird coincidence. Uh, uh, quantum leap actually started in 1989. <laughs> so it is <laughs> making a quantum leap reference. Isn't older than making a Prince of Persia reference. It is exactly as old as making a Prince of Persia well, reference. Well, there you go. Right. So we're, we're, we're on point. Yeah. Um, and so the, 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 the only other audio notice I, I had was, um, how'd you, uh, did you like that running noise, man? I had that treat. Yeah. You. you like that? It feel good. So <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't like it. And <laughs> I had a weird, moment of uh kind of introspection about 
the nature of playing these games on Twitch <laughs> because uh, sometimes I'm lazy and I don't put my headphones on and I just have the music playing through the speaker, but I have it ducked so that there's like a balance between me talking over the game and the game, right? Mm-hmm. And I almost always make it a point to also play the game with headphones on or with the game at full volume so that I don't miss anything, right? In the, the kind of subtle soundscape. Uh, I got almost all the way through this game without doing that and then <laughs> played it with the headphones on and heard the running noise because now it's like pressed right up against my ears. And I was like, oh, no, I should have been struggling <laughs> with this this whole time. Oh, yep. crap. And then, so I, I kind of I sat with it a little bit. And, and I think here's the thing. I don't think it's a great choice to have a like thump thump running noise, but it's at least a thump thump running noise, like someone running on stone, which is what you're running on. It's not a squeak squeak like work boots on girders. So I don't don't even think that's what that would sound like. No, it sounds like (laughs) it sounds like rain boots on linoleum. Yeah, Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, This is not as bad. The thing is that it's more in your face because like the original Donkey Kong, there's no music, right? So when you're not jumping or fighting or there's something falling or a trap on screen or whatever, like you're just hearing the thump thump noise, but it's, it's pretty quiet. It's pretty kind of like hollow and unthreatening. So it's, it's not terrible. And you're not, if you're playing this game, you're not going to hear it because you're going to just be screaming the F word so much. Anyway, you're not going to be able to hear what the running noise sounds like. But I think that that's a great transition to uh, controls and mechanics because screaming the F word is uh, it, it, so so far it, it's been mostly good stuff, you know, yeah. good visuals, you know? good good music this, in the opening and the cutscenes. This is where the episode turns. Um, <laughs> controls and mechanics. Uh, are you good with that? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll start off here because um, I'm interested because you played with controller. Uh, and I was playing, I, I was like, Let me do I, I, the did, I did play for about 30 minutes with the keyboard and it just, it, I can't dude, my wrists. I was like, I, I can't do this. It's not fair to the game. <laughs> um, yeah, because, because the, the people playing it didn't all have like the carpal tunnel that we have now. <laughs> um, I will say that on the keyboard, at least, uh, jumping is wildly unintuitive, mm-hmm. you know? So like basically what the way I internalized it is that you have to, tap up and then immediately tap forward it's a it's a it's almost uh, akin to a uh, a joystick roll you yes. know in a fighting game yes. you know um and it took me a while to get to the point where i had even internalized that to the point where i could get past the second screen you know because i'd be like, okay i'm gonna run and then i would just be holding down that and then i'd, I'd hit jump and just straight run to your death you know it's like okay well i'm going to then get to the edge and then jump and press over nope you're just gonna jump straight up so it's just it's it's wild that the fact that that is a core functionality of the game i mean this is a cin- cinematographic or whatever platformer <laughs> it's it's the, the thing it's got to do is jumping and the fact that it does it so poorly is mind-blowing yeah and it's i, I don't know if i would say it does it poorly so much as i would say jesus christ they had no idea what 
like generous interpretation of player inputs was at this point. Right. Right. Like it's because the controls are very consistent. If you press the buttons the same way, you will get the same result. Very. I mean, there are some bugs and stuff, but it's, it's incredibly stable. Now, the problem that you're describing actually is not any better on a controller because there's a jump button. I think it, is it, uh, alt uh, maybe or something there, yeah, there you like you can press up or there's a button you can maybe space oh. bar or whatever it is but like uh so on when you're playing with a controller really all you're doing is mapping the buttons on the controller as if they were keyboard buttons right <laughs> so it doesn't perform any differently it doesn't behave any differently you just have like a different posture that you're interacting with the controls with but the exact same problem is there which is you need to tell the game I would like to jump now, please. And then right as they start to say one jump coming up, you have to say forward. I would like to jump forward. Right. So you have to press like for me, I had it mapped to, to B right. The bottom button. So you have to press the jump button and then immediately press the direction and never in the other order. You never press the direction and then the jump button because you can't interrupt you're sprinting forward at full speed with a jump. So you have to initiate a jump and then press forward. And you can actually see there's a a window of several frames of animation where he start. If you just press jump, he starts to like bend his knees. Like he's going to jump straight up, you know, like you're trying to grab onto Mm -hmm. a, uh, like a ledge and you can get through several frames of that animation and then hit forward. And then he will snap into the I'm leaping forward uh, you know, frames of animation. And so on the one hand, they're trying to give you a window where it's like, Oh, I see. They wanted to jump forward, but please also do that with the directions. If I press left and then jump and it's like in a thousandth of a second after assume that what I meant is I want to jump to the left, not that I want to sprint to my death. And I, I yeah, I agree with you. And so um, um, I think that you hit the nail on the head with a, a, a generous, you know, uh, player inputs, G- right? Generous just, interpretation of the player's intention. Right. Kind of physics, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. All that kind of good stuff. I think that I think you are correct. That it is doggedly consistent if you're a computer. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, so so that's the thing is that like, you know, it, it to me not until I had been playing it for a little bit, did it even feel consistent because I, I will admit I was being inconsistent, but I didn't feel like I was being inconsistent. I thought I was playing normally, you yep. know? And so, so because of that is, is that, you know, there is, there is by definition of us being human, a some degree of randomness in our actions. And so when we, when, if you say to somebody, you know, put, put a quarter on the table in this circle, like, you know, 50 times, right. Then, it's going to vary a little bit where they place that circle, you know? And so if you say every single time it is, I'm going to draw a circle on the table that is exactly the diameter of one quarter. And if it, if any part, so help you God, if any part <laughs> of that quarter is outside of that circle, I'm going to light you on fire from your seat. You would just be like, I just randomly get lit on fire. Somehow. I don't know what's going on. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was not, not great. And again, I would be way more forgiving if uh if it wasn't a core functionality of the game yeah um and and it's i i would love to see some other keyboard based platformers from this era and like i just can't imagine that they were this 
nitpicky about it because when you think of a game like a Mario or a Mega Man or a Sonic, right, which were all contemporaries of this game, right? Mario had already been out for five years at this point. Sonic came out, I think, the next year. Mega Man came out, I think, two or three years before this. So these all those games are all platformers. They're all contemporaries. But I think things that make a cinematic platformer a cinematic platformer are the literal realness of the physics of the universe, right? Not that the setting is necessarily realistic or that the story or whatever is necessarily realistic, but the, the way things move is more realistic. And one of the things you take for granted with platformers is air control, right? So with like a Mario or a Sonic, you can jump and then do things that are just impossible, but they're very video gamey. And a lot of video games from this time just behaved that way. And that was a totally normal thing, but this game uh, doesn't right. If you leap forward, you are committed to the leap. Like it almost, almost more like Castlevania than Mario, mm-hmm. right? Like when you say, I'm going to jump over this gap, like you buy you your engagement. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You, you buy the ring and you make the jump because that's how people jump in real in real life right so it's it's i think so many games like the the if you put two piles and you have a pile of games that force you to have realistic physics and you have a pile of games that have video game physics the pile of games with video game physics would be i don't know infinitely longer than the pile of games with realistic physics. Like it's just even games that people are like, Oh, like call of duty or whatever dumb thing. Like it's so realistic. And it's like, if you press jump and then you press forward and then immediately press back, do you change direction? Then it's not that realistic, right? (laughs) That's just anything. Alter your momentum and real, real. And, and, and I would agree with you is that the physics are incredibly real. Right. And, um, that's not why I play video games, you know, like it's just, just not, you know, I don't, I like we, we, we play Dungeons and Dragons and I think maybe once in our lives have we done a D and D adventure that was a banal mundane everyday D and D just, just to see how the mechanics work. But it was like a gag, you know, it's not like every day we put, we're not Dwight from the office where we play second life, where we make a second, <laughs> second life in, in the game. You know, it's not, it's not when we play video games. Um, but I will say that the uh, the height that you jump is very realistic. Your, like you said, your ability to alter your momentum in midair very realistic. Uh, not fun, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say that. I mean, again, in a platformer, when you jump a foot in the air, you know, like you, when you jump up to your shins in the air, it's like, oh, okay. It and again, it doesn't it doesn't have good game feel, right? It doesn't feel it even though that is appropriate and real, it doesn't feel right because every other game in the world has shown us what it should now feel like when it's a platformer. Yeah. Um, Well, and this is the thing about cinematic platformers is what they really have become. And it probably, if it didn't start with Prince of Persia, Prince of Persia was the one that came in late to the party. And then that's the only person anyone remembers being at the party is Mm -hmm. cinematic platformers have become puzzle games you solve by jumping and that's neither here nor there but the the thing that made me realize that is uh one of the days that i was streaming this is i said something and someone in chat said 
oh yeah, like in Abe's Odyssey. And I went, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. it somehow it did not occur to me that that game and this game are the same game. It's here is a 2D world that you look at, you know, side on, and there are puzzles you have to solve. How do I get from here to there? And you're not particularly nimble. You don't really have like a lot of powers or you have like a specific power that is the power you use to like navigate through the world. And that's that's what these games are. These are puzzle games where the way you interact with the world is through fairly physically realistic platforming. And that's, again, the word cinematic in cinematic platformer has to do a huge amount of work. It's a, it's a, it's a heavy lift. And, and I apologize because um, when you said, uh, you know, other cinematic platforms at the time, I was like, I wonder if I can find something like that. So while you're talking, I, I looked at it. And so I came to, the, to your reveal that you just did like <laughs> two minutes ago. And I was so excited because I was like, oh, my God, Abe's Odyssey does absolutely fall into this category. And so I was I was excited because right when you were done talking, I was gonna drop that bad boy. And then and then you said it. So I feel bad because like I feel that I I I got it the cheap way, you know, like I just stole it from you. But yeah. Dude, yeah, somebody no. handed it to me. We both played that game and somehow I didn't put it together either. And then somebody in chat was like, Oh yeah, like Abe's Odyssey. And I was like, Oh my god. Holy God. Is actually a, 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 a one thing that I think we may want to do this year is um play a modern cinematic platformer, you know, like something from, you know, as, as a nostalgia game. Oh, you know? so, okay. So we played, we've now played Prince Persia and then yeah. Abe's Odyssey is from what? Like 2000. No, it was like 98, 97, 98. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah. So, so we can come all the way up to like 2002. Um, but well, if so we what, go, what but if we go is, up to is, nostalgia and then we come up to present day. Yeah, because I, I was looking at it, and there's actually a uh, a couple of games that are, that are falling into this category that look like they would be very interesting to see where the genre is now. You know? Yeah. No, I, so, I, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Good. 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 Um. So one of the uh, uh. So you know, it's uh. I, I I if I remember correctly, on my um in my contract, I have there that at least every three episodes I get to mention cycle time. So is is it that seldom? It's at least. Oh, at least. Yeah. Like, like if, if it's any more than that, then I sue you and we shut this whole thing down. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ed, dude, it's 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 straight up unacceptable. It. I mean, <laughs> it, I don't know. Uh, okay, so I never really got. I did not get very far in this game. I, I just. I this this was me full blown running into a pit of spikes over and over and over again. Um, that being said, is that it? it just it you. You generally you you technically have three hit points, right? Most things though just one shot you. You know? Yeah, if you get into a sword fight and your sword is not drawn, you die instantly. Yep. Uh if you fall, I think more than two heights, like two of the prince's height, you die instantly. Mm-hmm. The chomper traps kill you instantly, spikes kill you instantly. Yeah. There are more yeah. things that one shot you than things that make you take damage. To me, the only thing that I know that t- makes you take damage is when you are in a sword fight at, like, and you have your sword so, drawn. So if you fall greater than one height, but less than two, you will, you will take, take damage. Um, yeah. Or if a ceiling panel or like a floor panel falls on you, you take damage. But those things almost that. never happen. The, the health right. is 100% for sword fights. Yeah. And so, uh, so that, so basically, I mean, 
most of the game was me just being in the first for me was be, me being in the first three chambers because I would run into a new thing where I was like, oh, this is new. I am not sure how to approach this challenge. Try, fail, and then go do the exact same three chambers that I had done a million times over again. There was nothing additional to be learned. There was no additional skill to be gained. I just went back, did the sub-op, whether it was optimal or suboptimal, it was working for me. And then I just got slogged back to the thing that I screwed up and then tried again. Uh, it's 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 a slog, man. There's just no no reason for it. At least at least give me lives. At least give me like three lives so that way I can try the thing three times before you kick me back to the beginning as opposed to once. Yeah, and you've you've touched on several different things that I was fascinated yeah. about by this game's design. So the way the cycle time is done. Let's not talk about what they they could have done for just a second, but the way the cycle time is done because you always go back to the beginning of the stage every time you die, that means they are basically enforcing memorization, right? You have no room for experimentation because every experiment results in redoing the entire stage, which means you do have to experiment because there's problems you don't know how to solve, but that makes memorization non-optional, right? There's the controls don't accommodate oopsie like, Oh, I I jumped a little earlier or a little later. Right. So you basically have to like, once you know what the goal for a stage is like, where, where is the pressure plate that opens the door so I can leave the stage. Once you know what that is, you have to do the entire stage essentially flawlessly, right? You can make a little mistake in a sword fight or maybe like one panel can fall in your head because you you can get more health. I think every other level or maybe every third level has like a potion that permanently mm-hmm. gives you a little bit more health. So you can make those mistakes a little bit more often, but they compensate for that by putting more enemies and more falling tiles in. So it, it, the, the difficulty curve relative to how many mistakes you can make stays pretty tight, right? Um, even if you get the health and the health is optional, you can miss it because it's like hidden. So the cycle time is get one screen farther, die, then hope that you can get all the way back to that screen to try and get one screen farther and then die and then lather, rinse and repeat. And this gets even more shoved in your face because the later levels, like the the first two or three levels are fairly linear. Like it's really obvious where you need to go and what you need to do. The later levels, there are whole screens that are superfluous. There's whole dead ends and stuff. So like now you're memorized, like you might be memorizing it. So say, you know, you start in the center and you're like, okay, I go eight screens to the left, but I died. So first I went four screens to the left and then five screens to the left and then four screens and then five and then six and then eventually eight. And now I know that that's a dead end. And now I have to forget everything I just learned. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically, you know, when we talk about like the the plan, practice, improvise, right? It is what 99.999% plan or uh, excuse me, practice, um, you know, where it's just you got it. You got to know, you know, and so it's uh, it's it's really and again, there's no feel to it. There's no intuition to it. Right. It's it's it, I mean, <laughs> it's something that would look spectacular, but playing this game blindfolded would not be that much more difficult than playing it without a blindfold because it's all just rote memorization. Like, like 
But yeah, press it, this it's for... literally only the sword fights where you would have right. a hard time. Yeah, but I mean, outside of that, it's, it's people do it. You can play this blindfold. It's like, if you're that impressed, you've probably never actually play, played <laughs> Prince of Persia. And so to me, because um, I was actually uh, uh, playing a, a new game recently. It's, it's a roguelike. I forget the name of it off the top of my head. Oh, the, the wizard one? Uh, no, no. I, 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 I do still think we should do that for nostalgia goggles because it's actually not that great. Um, <laughs> oh. it's, it's, oh, no. it's interesting. It's because it, all the nostalgia ones we do, we, we generally were like, I want to play this game and we just, <laughs> you know, we play it. Right. But this is one where it's, it's not terrible, but it does a bunch of things where I'm like, this is actually not great. Like this is semi poor game design. I'm not sure why it does this. And so hmm. I think it would actually be a decent discussion, but I was like, it's not bringing me joy anymore. So it's gone. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I was playing in the, a, a new game, but um but both with that game and this one is that I would run into something new and it would, I, I, I would take damage, you know, and there, it didn't telegraph. Well, it didn't in any way, let me improvise around it. So I was like, Oh, but I've learned that now. And it's a roguelike, you know? So, I mean, the whole point is that I'm going to try again, you know, um, lather, rinse, repeat. Right. And so I was like that you can do that in games like that because the whole point about it is that 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 cyclical nature of the game right you can't do that type of stuff in this like to have this incredibly long cycle time and then throw something at somebody where you're like i i think i can maybe intuit this it's like well hope your intuition is pretty decent because uh if not you it will be 10 minutes before you can do another experiment and for some of them i would just screw up and and be like wait what did i do the last time and then do the same thing again yeah yeah Yeah, if you're not taking super detailed notes right and this this is i think some people would probably make an argument that this is like it's like ness hard right because this game isn't chewing quarters so it has to prolong itself through difficulty and i don't actually think that's what they were going for i think what they were going for is we want to create this situation where memorizing what to do and then executing it properly will feel satisfying, right? And I don't particularly derive joy from that. Like this is not something that I would say I think is any fun, but I do actually find it to be satisfying. Uh, And this, this is one of the things that I think is an advantage of playing this in a computer lab at school, playing with your neighbor friend, playing on Twitch where you're talking to chat is every time something miserable happened and I had to just grit my teeth and then be like, okay, so I need to go two screens to the left and then there's going to be that falling tile. So I have to make sure I jump over that because if that tile falls then it'll land on the pressure plate and then the gate is permanently closed and I can't ever open that gate. So I have to do this and then this. Okay. And then once you successfully do those things, you're like, yes. And it's not happiness right <laughs> this is not a feeling of like yay it's like it, it's like mission complete right it's like the thing was hard and i did the hard thing and some people derive a tremendous amount of joy from that i don't but i do recognize the satisfaction it's like it, it's it's putting the it's a puzzle game right it's putting the pieces of the puzzle together and executing because there's an execution element it's not just mentally solving it but nailing it does feel good but it's it's unlikely that it will feel good enough without also deriving some happiness and joy from it that you would want to continually return to it right 
Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I can absolutely agree with that. And, and what is it? I don't want to yuck someone else's yum, but uh, <laughs> yeah. at the same point in time, man, you know, there are some times where I see somebody eating something where I'm like, I'm just going to keep it to myself, but I think that's really gross. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's gross. It's a gross way to live. I'm not going to say anything because uh, I'm an adult, but you're disgusting. You're disgusting, and I don't think we're ever going to be friends. Uh, and and also, I could I could also see the argument being made for the um, degree of to your point, right? Is that it actually behooves you to take notes on this game, you know, mm-hmm. um, to to write stuff down and to and so in that way, it it is kind of making you almost like Edmund Dantes, you know, like in uh uh, uh oh my god. Uh, kind of wanting Cristo. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I got there. Um, uh, you know, where you are trying to escape from a prison, right? And so, you know, it's very important that you know where the cards are, that you know where everything is, and you've slowly worked your way through and methodically done it. Uh, so if the goal is to make me feel like I'm a prisoner playing this game, then they were successful. But I would challenge that that's a thing that I, that that they sh- either a should be doing or b that a lot of people should be like no I I want to I want to get that feeling I mean there are scared straight programs it's easier it tastes less time too <laughs> well okay so let me let me ask you something yeah this game has cheats built in so if you launch it from DOS uh so you you know you have to type like pop one underscore three dot exe to like launch or it's prince it's the word prince launches the game um but but if you launch it with like prince mega hit then it activates all these cheats including things that i think are honestly there as teaching tools for someone who wants to do this so let me explain Uh, One of the cheats you can do is you can just add more health. One of the cheats you can do is you can take away health. One of the cheats you can do is that you can uh, press buttons on the keyboard and then press the arrows and it will show you what is on that next screen. So you can go up, down, left, right. You can look at, I think up to three or four, maybe even unlimited distance, but you can look several screens away from your location, right? You can add and remove time from the in-game timer. Cause we haven't even talked about the fact that this game doesn't have a live system. It has a time system. So you can add and remove time from the in-game timer. And as a person who grew up playing console games and owned a game genie, like to me, those are cheats. Here is how you cheat at the game. But the, the cheat that made me second guess myself was the one that lets you look, you know, up, down, left, and right. Because I thought, wait a minute, are they expecting me to do my best and then when I get frustrated, not give up and walk away, but use the tools they have given me to overcome the challenge that I'm having? And if the challenge that I'm having is my memory sucks and I don't remember what's on the next screen, you can just press key on the keyboard, see what's on the next screen and be like, oh, right, this is the screen that has the soldier guard, their guards, this is a screen that has the guard that's like right there as soon as you come onto the screen. So I know that as soon as I get onto the screen, I have to immediately press up so that I draw out my sword so that it doesn't one shot me. Or this is the screen that as soon as I go over there, there's a, a panel that's going to fall like the second I run. So I have to, I have to keep running. I can't go onto the screen and assess the situation. I have to keep going. Right. And I just, 
I don't know if I'm trying to like give them credit they don't deserve, but it, it really feels like these are the training wheels. So when you, you bring the bike home, it does not have the training wheels on it. And so if you try to ride it and you can ride it just fine, great. Leave the training wheels aside and never use them. If you try to ride it and you have miserable experience, here's a bunch of training wheels. Give this a try. Then if you want to, when you're ready, take off the training wheels, get back out there. Like, I I don't know if that's an overly generous interpretation or not, but just the way they're bundled in really feels like it. Um, it is. And here's why. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, no. So I, 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 I appreciate the, uh, the, the optimism, uh, the optimism. Yeah. I, 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 it, 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 it warms my cold, cold heart. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's so if, if I walk up, you know, to a, uh, a, a, a fruit stand, right. And there's a, a bowl full of apples and I take one and walk away, I stole an apple. If there's a sign beside those apples that say free apples, please take one. I have taken a complimentary apple, right? So I will make the argument that the way it's presented a hundred really matters, right? So because what it sounds like you're making a case for, and I, and I, I think it's a good case to be made, is that this is an assist mode like in Celeste. The difference is in Celeste, it's right there. It says, do you need assistance? Are you sure? Because this is not the way the game's meant to be played. If you need assistance, you can have it. And you say, yes, I want assistance. It says, all right. Here are your training wheels, man. Go nuts, right? Um, but it 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 this this is literally hidden by a different way you have to load the game, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that to me feels more like developer tools that were kind of left behind. And e- e- even if it was their attempt to to create those training wheels, I would I would make the argument that do, does that way of delivery hold up by today's standards? No, <laughs> no, that. That is the the practice mode equivalent of handing someone a book in a foreign language and then when they can't read it, just being like, well, all the information's in there. Yeah, it's there. Well, I mean, and or 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 better yet, um, you know, handing somebody a a you know a, a, a classic or the Bible, right? And saying, Here, learn how to read. And then being <laughs> like, Well, I I can't learn how to read doing this is like people have, you know, and it's like, well. Yes, and to be fair, many people probably learned how to read that way hundreds of years ago, and that you know, but 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 by today's standard, that's neglect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I do like the idea of it being a a set of training wheels. Um, but yeah, it, if if and again, it I I honestly think that if you went to a developer in this time in history and said, take all of the cheats and make it a menu option they would look at you like you had lost your mind. Because then they'd say, well, everybody's going to beat my game in 20 minutes. What's the point? And it's like, the point is that they're having fun and enjoying your game how they want to enjoy it. Not, but, but then they can just beat it. Yeah. So, you know, and so like that, that, that idea of beating a game, not being a badge of honors, but just being a thing that you could do to enjoy the game was... Alan, that was not how things were done, sir. Well, I think that's, I think most people who are like game historians would probably argue that the mentality of the developer is the difference between people who made quarter munching arcade games and Nintendo, right? But if it isn't fun, why bother? Once you start making console games, you've gotten your money. They bought the game, right? 
which means if you want them to give you more money, they have to either be addicted to the experience or enjoy the experience. And making them addicted to the experience is risky because they already have the machine that makes drugs, right? right? Like <laughs> if you sell someone a magical endless bottle of whiskey and you turn them into an alcoholic, they're never going to come buy a second endless bottle of whiskey. They're already an alcoholic who owns an endless bottle of whiskey. So what you need is to say, no, no, no. What I've taught you to do is to appreciate different kinds of whiskey. And so what you end up with is being massively incentivized to train people to want more of your thing, not because they are addicted to it, but because they enjoy it, right? That's that's how you get repeat business. And that's what the developers at Nintendo generally were striving for and continue to strive for to this day. Whereas like mobile games, you know, arcade games in the old days and modern day mobile games, like all they want is your money, right? They are drug dealers and they have gotten you addicted to the drugs that they sell. They don't want you to try out all of the other drugs they sell. They just want you buying drugs. So if you do the same drug forever, they're fine with that, right? Nintendo is not fine with that. Nintendo wants you to play Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and Super Mario Odyssey and Metroid Dread and Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart, right? They want you to be a a wine connoisseur, not a drug addict. The 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 only other real thing that I've uh, I've got um is the there's a timer in this thing. Mm-hmm. Did did you not? Did you not? <laughs> no, I mean again, like I I died a lot, and 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 very towards the beginning of the game. Like I mean, I most of my experience was screwing around within the first level uh dying dying and dying so did you so i had my controller emulating a keyboard because that was just the easiest the the game actually does officially support a controller so i don't feel like i was cheating this was just the easiest way for me to do it the way my controller was set up is every single time i pressed the jump button it would also press the button that put the time on the screen so Mm, i was seeing my time constantly it sounds like you were not no the Literally, one of my notes was there is no timer or time limit because, (laughs) yeah, no, like I, there was absolutely nothing in the game that seemed to me to indicate that I was on a timer of any sort. There was no timer on the screen. And again, you know, like I just sat down and and felt out the buttons and started playing, you know, was, uh, um, yeah, there was there that I never hit a button that made a timer appear on the the thing. So yeah, so the the mechanical timer of the game is actually uh, thematic. Like it's um, it's it's the time that you have until you save the princess of like sixty minutes. Exactly right. But so yeah. when Jafar comes in and he gestures, I guess like you're gonna marry me, and she's like no. He for some reason says like. I will only respect your boundaries for 60 minutes. And then he like, he magically makes the big hourglass appear. I assume that all of this stuff is why the later games are like the sands of time. And you have the time control mechanic. Like it must be related it's, to this. It's like, I, I, I will come back here in 60 minutes. Why is he coming back in 60 minutes? Oh, so the video game can happen. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So the game can happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so he he makes the the hourglass and um every time you die, very crucially, the timer does not reset. 
So you have 60 minutes to beat the game, period. Like from the minute you start the game and the prince like falls into the first little screen, you have 60 minutes, period. End of discussion. And there are cheats that will let you add and remove time. But even if you save your game, when you load it, that's the amount of time you have remaining. What? Okay, wait. So what happens when you run out of time? Yeah. It, it, you just die. Well, no, it, it smash cuts to a little the cinematic of the the princess's room, but she is gone. Interesting. Yeah. So like I, I what, what must have happened was it because I didn't <laughs> I, I will be honest. I don't think I ever sat down and played this thing for an hour straight. Right. Because, you know, I just don't hate myself that much. Uh, but, <laughs> um, so what, what must have happened was I just never stumbled upon the button that let me know what the time was. And I just fumbled around for 30 to 45 minutes at a shot and it never came up. Yeah. So it, I think that's wild. I think when you get under, I want to say when you get under one minute, it puts the timer on screen and counts down to mm-hmm. the last 60 seconds, like live so, in front so, of you. So when there is nothing you can really do at that point, unless you're already in the end game. Um, I mean, yes, if you're already in the end game, I think also, um, you can only have a single save. So mm-hmm. it might be like a don't save right now kind of warning. Yeah. I mean, but <laughs> it's to me, it's the, uh, uh, you know, Leela saying, you know, it's like, Warning, ship broken. It's like, that's not a warning. A warning happens before the thing happens. Warning, you'll be out of gas in one second. See, that's a warning. You <laughs> yeah. know, something like that, where it's like, it's like, yes, technically giving me a minute's heads up is, is a warning, but unless I am within a minute of beating the game, it's like, okay, well, so I saved when I had five minutes left, which still would make the game unbeatable. And so I'm still screwed, you know, but it's like that, you know, so it's just, it's, it's a weird I guess concession to make. I don't know. Yeah, um, I I think it's more just like a video gamey pressure thing, right? Like sixty yeah. seconds remaining. Not that you can do anything useful with that, right? So your your Leela analogy is apt, right? Because it's like, yeah, by the time I have this information, this information is useless. And to be fair, you can check the amount of time you have remaining at any moment. It's just because of the way my controller was mapped. I knew how much time I had remaining every single time I did anything. Cause just right. I, it, it was essentially pressing two keys on the keyboard for some reason. And and so that that's interesting because that does, you know, reframe the game a little bit because one of the things I was going to say to the game's credit is that even though, you know, it's, it's, it's clunky as hell and it's, you got to memorize all this sort of stuff. At least it gives you the time and space to explore at your own pace, but it doesn't. So <laughs> no, it does not eh, 60 no. minutes. All right. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? Uh, I just have one thing I wanted to mention. Um, almost as like a, it's not exactly a throwaway note, but it doesn't really fit anywhere. Cause it's just like gushing about a cool little detail. Uh, so in one of the later stages, um, you, ha- the only way to get from like point A to point B is you have to jump through a mirror, like a, like a huge, like person sized mirror. And when you jump through it, uh, the mirror doesn't break, but out the other side comes the mirror prince. And he Ooh. looks like you, but like his colors are all weird. And it's like, oh no, that's going to be a problem later, I bet. <laughs> and so uh, in like the next stage or like two stages after that, there's a potion on the ground that like heals you. Um, but you have to like 
jump through like four different traps to get up there and then you got to climb up to the top of the screen and then go back the way you came to get to it. And after you go through all that dangerous stuff, right before you can possibly get to it, the mirror prince runs on screen and drinks it and then runs off screen. And, and which is such a fantastic way in a game with no dialogue, no text boxes, no voice acting, except at the very beginning and the very end, there's some text on screen. Um, that makes you instantly hate him and want to destroy him, right? Because now you're like, oh, he is a malevolent entity that is here to thwart my quest. And then uh, at the end, when you finally get to him, there, there's three like boss fights. Um, one is a skeleton that you can't kill. You have to like knock him into a pit. One is the prince and then one is Jafar. And with the prince, you have to like do all this crazy platforming to get up to him. And it's a big pain in the ass. And if you every time you hit him with your sword, you take damage. And so I was like, Oh, maybe you have to like knock him into a pit. So I did that, but then he falls to the bottom of the pit and dies. So you die. Cause you take all of your damage. The way you beat him is you put your sword away and then he <clears> puts his sword away and then he lets you go. Interesting. And I yeah. Was like, no, I like that. I was like that. You only get that reveal once, right? Like, yeah, because once you know the trick, you know the trick, but I was like, Oh, that's, that's legit. I, I like that. Yeah. I, I like this yeah. little because it 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 makes you it you it makes your mind start asking questions about like this world and like the magic in this world and how it works and like what other kinds of stuff is going on and what's up with that mirror and does it only work on me or is the mirror magic or was it cursed by Jafar like what is it 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 makes a world that is essentially empty like it's just you trying to climb like infinite platforms and get past a dozen guards. Um, it, it makes it feel like there's some kind of like life happening. Uh, there's one other thing that did that, uh, in some of the cutscenes in between the levels, there's like a little white mouse that you see like going in and out mm-hmm. of the princess's room. It's like kind of like her little pet and stage like, I don't know, seven or eight. Um, you actually get trapped where it is impossible for you to progress, but it's not impossible for you to die. Cause there's a trap the next screen over. And I thought I screwed something up because you can pin yourself in a room. And I almost was about to go kill myself, but I was kind of like staring at the screen trying to think. And the mouse comes on screen and steps on a pressure plate and opens the gate. And that is the only way, as far as I could tell, for you to finish that level. And I was like, oh, this is great because this is such a stupid little thing. But it's like I saw that mouse earlier and then he's involved. It makes the world feel alive. This very stark, empty world. Like it just makes it feel a little more alive. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, it, I, you know I, what it does? It makes it feel cinematic. There it is. And, and it is that type of platformer. Now that makes me think of, um, uh, well, well, two things is, is, or really one thing, which is the, if you want to get a player to hate something, you know, it can be done with dialogue and you can do it with cutscenes and all sorts of stuff. But if you want them to do that, what you want to do is is impact them directly, like impact them mechanically, right? Um, one of the uh, the the things I did to a player one time in D anD D was uh, it was a one off adventure. They were like, "Hey, it was uh, some it was their birthday or something." They're like, "I want to do a one off adventure, right?" And I was like, "Okay." So I created a villain, and I was like, "How do I in one one adventure get them to hate this villain, right?" And uh, and so at the very beginning of the adventure. I, uh, I, I gave the, the, the birthday, the birthday girl, this character, a dog, you know, dog familiar. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and about a third of the way through it or halfway through it, you know, the big bad appeared, fired a lightning bolt. 
And uh, so, you know, lightning bolt, she gets to make a, a dexterity save. She passed, you know, and uh, she was like, oh, you see, you missed, you suck. And he's like, oh, I wasn't aiming for you, you know, bum, bum, and, bum. and, you know, dog's dead. And, uh, and then the, the, the <laughs> thing, though, is that like, she, she, she literally looked at me. She's like, we are not going to stop playing this game until I kill that guy. And I was like, that, <laughs> I that's what it. I was looking for. I, we did it, you know, like, so. So, yeah. So the fact that, like you said, with no dialogue or anything like that, that, that they were like, how can we make it make the players hate this person? It's like, have it take away one of the very few things that they care about in this mm-hmm. game. And that that'll do it. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. Uh, what, what do you think? What do you think? Do you hold up. So you're going to you're going to bust my chops for this, but I'm going to give it a nostalgia monocle. Uh-huh. I'm I'm not right. go- I'm not going full goggles and here's why there is a sense of satisfaction when you do the thing. It's not fun. There's no sense of fun. I did not have fun, but I was satisfied when I completed certain puzzles and things. And if I ever was going to tell anyone to play this, here's what I would say. One, this game is free. So if you're willing to dedicate, you know, 30 minutes or an hour to it, you're only losing the time, right? You're not losing any money. And two, for the love of God, just be super liberal with the cheats. Look screen to screen. Give yourself all the health you want. One of the cheats, and I didn't even experiment with this one because it would have been way too tempting, is if you press the right keys fast enough after you die, you just get back up. (laughs) It just resurrects you in place. And so... If you are curious about this game, if you're curious about like every modern cinematic platformer probably being derived directly from this like common ancestor, play it in a browser so you don't have to deal with all the emulation nonsense and just just use the cheats because there is a lot of interesting stuff here. The animation alone is just worth seeing because it's just so incredible what they did with the technology at the time. The fact that that unequivocally holds up, I think, is is remarkable, but should you just sit down uninformed and try to modern perspective your way through this game? Absolutely not. You will, <laughs> you will not feel satisfied. You will just be miserable. So I give it a awkward sort of uncomfortable nostalgia monocle, but it's, it it's like, it's a nostalgia monocle. That's like almost falling off to reveal the full nostalgia goggles underneath, but it, it's yeah. just barely holding on. Like, like it's, it's a, uh... Uh, uh, you, you, your, you know, account wearing a nostalgia monocle, but then it's like Mission Impossible. You peel your face off, and it's just the full. <laughs> yes, somehow a completely different bone yeah. structure. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how those work. They, they, those are actually magic. Um, did, did this? Did this game hold up? No, no. <laughs> full nostalgia goggles. Uh, no. It, I mean, okay. So, so here's here's the thing. I, um. I am very interested to play a modern cinematic platformer to see what, what I think that will kind of inform more so. So I, I do withhold my right to, you know, come back in an after show later, which everyone should, you know, (laughs) pay us on Patreon and get, get get the after show, come back later and maybe say, you know what? I've softened on this, but uh, um, should you play this game? No, what you should do if you want to experience this game is watch it on YouTube. Because that has all of the stuff, all of the good stuff about this game, which is the visuals and the the way it, it plays and it handles. And you can watch somebody who knows what they're doing and all sorts of stuff. Um, do it. And to be fair, I think that one of the main differences is I have 
no tolerance for, you know, well, really, 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 you know, put up with a lot of misery and then I'll give you a little bit of the happy chemical. It's like I have a whole laundry list of things. They'll give me the happy <laughs> chemical for free, you know? And so, and also to your point, like, it's like, well, you know, I mean, you, you're just losing the time. I, it's like, yeah, you, you losing the time, man. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I think it took me 10 hours to beat Oof. the game. Like a lot, Ooh. a lot of time. That's, yeah. a, that's an entire Zelda. Like that's a yeah. lot of time. And you could have been playing Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it, for me personally, I would say uh, this game does not hold up. Full nostalgia goggles, and it should be lost to the sands of time. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land, battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile 